0: Tell you, IOX is supported by you and the following underwriters. The Phoenicia Diner on Route 28 in Phoenicia for breakfast and lunch, locally sourced seasonal food and drink, and Phoenicia Diner's sister restaurant, Dixon Roadside, at the corner of Tinker Street and Dixon Avenue in Woodstock, for modern twists on comfort food for lunch and dinner, local beers and craft cocktails, and catering for private events. PhoeniciaDiner.com and DixonRoadside.com. The Mountain Eagle, the community newspaper and website serving the Catskills region, covering Delaware, Schoharie, Green, and northern Ulster counties, with local reporting, regional events, school sports, letters, and features, all in the Mountain Eagle. Rockland Cider Works Upstate in Gilboa, an agritourism cidery with vacation rentals on a sprawling former dairy farm, gluten-free hard cider made from 100% New York State apples, New York State produced beer, wine, and spirits, Rockland Ciderworks upstate on Stryker Road in Gilboa. RocklandCiderworks.com.
1: This is Dan O'Connell, host of Monday Morning Music on WIOX Roxbury. As a WIOX spokesperson, I also manage underwriting for the station, and I'm here to let you know that underwriting on WIOX is a great way to support the station and inform the community about your business or service. If you'd like to become an underwriter, Contact me for details at 607-326-3900 or WIOX at WIOXradio.org.
2: Channel 20. Oh, here we go. You're listening to WIOX Community Radio Live and local in the Catskill Mountains at 91.3 FM and MTC Cable Channel 20. 107.5 FM on the campus of SUNY Delhi and everywhere at WIOXradio.org on computers or smartphones and also with the Radio Garden phone app. This is From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Talk about a different forest-related topic with Ryan and John. John's out and Zane. But every third Wednesday we have Gary Mead come on uh he's the owner of Gary
3: Mead gallery Gary how's it going good how are you doing right? what have you been up to i I'm all right yeah just uh can't complain working and you know making ends meet keeping you know people happy and gotten into a little porch project that is uh is uh it's it's coming out beautiful and you know I'm helping somebody else with it but you know the the parts that were a little bit, you know, uh, I don't know. They, I think they took something on. They really couldn't really produce, so they come to me, and I'm I don't mind helping them, and I'm enjoying it actually. But I did a lot of doing a lot of work up at my house, and I was up there today and put a lot of new stuff in on the trusses and. Yeah, you know, I got what, 124 pieces to install. I got about half of them up, 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 up today, but they all go up pre-cut, and finished, and, and pre-drilled, and I just go up, and uh, it's more like gingerbread, but it makes it really strong, and it's quite a piece of work up there, but keeps me busy i'm gonna get back into a full swing here pretty soon
2: also uh in the studio bob you're you're welcome to chime in anytime you want it yeah we
3: Just got bob hart
2: here he's, he's got to talk into the mic and
3: uh
2: you know it's up to you
1: well I'm glad it's on and uh it's always a pleasure to be here and yeah always interesting with gary and ryan around
2: yeah bob is a another wood art enthusiast right yep absolutely that's right so uh you should have on a show one time. Well,
3: and, we should. I think yeah. of a topic. That's right. <laughs> that well, Gary doesn't cover. <laughs> CNC, you yeah. know, all that kind of, you know. Laser? Laser, all That's that, that kind of, stuff. of, you know. Bob's I always h-
1: say that I take up the, uh, the parts that you don't do. Yep. Like you put the little more spiritual in it, whereas I do a little more, I guess, technical.
3: Yeah, you're more yeah. Of technical. I'm more old school.
1: And it's good that I don't make stuff that you make because... uh it's good that I don't make stuff that you make because uh, you know, it's, it's 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 way we have different stuff that way.
3: Yeah, definitely. And we don't, you know, no woodworker thinks the same as another one. And mm-hmm. you know, we. Uh, but you know, things, you know, these porch pieces that I'm, you know, helping out with. Are, I mean, they're bracket designs from a hundred years ago. And,
1: I'm surprised when you were doing the uh, this, uh jigsaw and that that black locust. That must he must go through blades like. Uh,
3: no, we we did them all one blade. Really? You know, it's it's you got to pick the right blade and you got to set the right speed. Mm-hmm. I mean, back when they first cut these, they were done with a coping saw, <clears throat> which is all done by hand. It's amazing what they do. And it, it is. It just it's and, absolutely. Amazing. You know, when you're, you know, you can get your jigsaw because the guys that were doing them they had this thing, and then they were burning <laughs> their blades up. You know, they go an inch and their blades is burnt. You slow it down, you cut really slow. people know slow. exactly
1: what speeds to do. And I'm from the machining background, whereas people drill things fast and they burn up the bits. Once you lose the temper, it's uh, just a butter knife. After well, all.
3: the machine tells you. You know, if if, it, if the machine's whining, it's not happy. <laughs> you know. We you make know, happy uh, things over yeah, at Gary's. Yeah, we, we try to keep make happy wood, and it's pretty important. But tonight we're talking about... You know, raised beds. I've had quite a few uh, inquiries about you know what to use and how to do it, and there's there's a bunch of different ways to go about this. And uh, you know, the ones that are that I've seen the most successful are built you know on the ground, and and I tried building some off the ground, uh, about two foot up, and you know, so I wouldn't have to bend over at all, and they didn't work. So, you know, for some reason, maybe they weren't big enough. They were only three by three and a foot deep. Uh, Maybe if I went, you know, 18 or 20 inches deep and, you know, made them longer, uh, Mm. they might have worked better. But I, I did this for two years and that didn't work for me. Maybe it's because of the you know, they, they dry out a lot faster because they're up off the ground. But when they're on the ground, you can they hold moisture better. And, you know, Ryan was just talking about, you know, getting those, uh, oh, good grief. So uh, uh, some of those tractor supply or places like that. The watering troughs, you know, people have been using those. This is the first I heard of that, <clears throat> but, you know, and they're galvanized, so full of dirt. I don't know how long you think they'd last, 10 years? Uh, I'm not really sure on that. But, you know, there's a whole system uh, about it. And, you know, I would almost think that uh, the metal would, would uh, absorb heat, which, you know, some things like heat, some things don't. Garlic likes heat. I mean, garlic might do good in them, and, uh, you know, but, you know, you know, other plants don't like it, you know, as hot, so, you know, you kind of have to investigate what you're planting, and, and, you know, it's like the pH of the soil, there's so much uh, uh, involved in, in growing, and it's really uh, a lot of work, and a lot of research, and you know it's hit and miss every year, depending on the weather and the bugs and all that. And you know if you want to be an organic gardener, it's even tougher yet because you know I I use no chemicals. If I'm losing a, a, a crop during the summer and I'm too busy and, and I don't get home to hand pick the bugs off and and kill them and kill the 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 eggs you know, on the plants, and there's certain Things you can get. Uh, essential oils work pretty good if you spray the under leaves, underside of the leaves with them. But you know, it's a daily thing. Once they get ahead, you're kind of screwed. But the raised bed lumber, <clears throat> for years and years and years, it's been hemlock. Hemlock, uh, you take 2 by 12s you put them around a garden and you know and make a raised bed you know you get 10 to 15 years out of them and you know they they rot from the inside out hemlock when it's touching the ground the bottom rots first because hemlock is when it touches the ground well if you investigate the old barns you know most of them are uh you know a foot from the ground they rot off you know the rest of the building is 100 120 whatever years and
2: how long do they last though using hemlock for raised beds
3: oh i would say 10 to 12 years that's
2: pretty long yeah it's a good i mean pine they're saying three to five years
3: yeah pine i the only thing that would last in a pine board would be the knot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, lost, he lost
1: me with picking the bugs off yeah
3: yeah but Anyway, huh. you know if you're gonna, you know, spray, Japanese beetles, man. You, yeah, those oh. potato bugs are the, my worst enemy. Oh yeah, and, and uh, those little spotted things that those beetles that, that eat the cucumbers. You know, when this when they first come up, they eat them. They're little. They fly. I don't know what they're called, but they're a pain in my butt. But once you get ahead of them. And what I do is I kind of talk to the bugs. I'll be putting one in my hand, I'll, 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 just before I squish them, I go, you know, if you would just wait for three weeks, there'd be enough where you could eat, and, for everybody. but, you know, as soon as the plant comes up, they eat it, and it tips over and dies, and I said, you know, how stupid is that? But anyway, you know, three weeks later, they, everybody would have a, you know, they could eat two on the leaves, and. I wouldn't be squashing. Everybody's them. happy. There. Yeah. Yeah, and I get cucumbers. But yeah, we did some investigating on uh cedar as well. Black locust, if you wanna raise bed that's gonna last your life and probably your kids' life, you go with black locust, red cedar. I would I would give that a good seventy fifty to seventy five year. Take uh, that long, huh? Resi- rock really? resistant. Jesus. Does cedar
1: have anything that would keep keeping the bugs away?
3: Cedar it
1: being aromatic at all?
3: Well it it does, yep. There's uh and uh, nothing bothers black locust either. I haven't seen a, a wormhole in a black locust. It's got Maple in there, right. Well cherry would cherry'd last 10... 15 years or i mean 15 to 20 and except the sapwood the sapwood the sap wouldn't last on the red cedar for fun, no on the on cherry on cherry yeah and the same thing with red cedar the sap yeah. the sapwood is going to decay first
2: yeah yeah when you take down a red cedar and it's not white cedar around here it's it's juniperus virginiana which is really a juniper and it's it's all about that heartwood Yep. you know the bigger the heartwood in that pole the longer it's going to last.
3: Yep, and they'll last a good long time. I and, use them
2: for my fence posts.
3: Yep. And black so. locust is the premier one to use. I mean, if you want to, if you're going to be, you know, homesteading and be in the same place for a long time, you know, but. And then white oak. Red oak, forget about red oak. That'll rot as quick as, as fast as uh, outdoors with wood. That much
1: of a difference, huh?
3: Yeah, because. Soaks it will yeah, It won't last. About like pine, you know, three to five years, because it's so porous. And you know, uh, if you uh, if if you have a red cedar, and uh, if you need to tell the difference, if you don't really know if it's red or white, because white, I mean, oak, white oak will, uh, and and red oak, red oak is. A bunch of straws basically is if the uh, the makeup of the grain and
2: when you're looking at a cookie right that's yep. what you're saying so yep. people know what you're talking about
3: so or okay. else you know a board you could take a dowel a white oak dowel and a, a red oak dowel and you put it in a bucket and blow on it the red oak will bubble from the end and the right. white oak won't right. so mm-hmm. that's how you can you know distinctively tell because whiskey barrels are white oak. white oak and you know, <laughs> not white- red oak right uh, red oak you know wouldn't wouldn't work good, and it's it's a uh, you know because it's so porous.
1: Well it's amazing. I've cut a thin strip of oak, and you put it to the light just like you said, it's all little straws yeah, you can see, see yeah. right through it the water goes I mean, the air goes right through it
3: yeah, when you're finishing it too it's it, it drinks a lot more finish than the, than the white oak, but white oak will last 35 30 35 years outdoors. that's plenty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's a good long time. <laughs> it's as long as I'm going to be around, But, <laughs> you, you, know, you, 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 go, you know, you have to go, you know, cost-effective too because, you know, and and availability. Uh, Black locust, there's a few people out there that are harvesting sauna. It's not a commercial lumber now, though. White oak is, but white oak is actually uh, more costly these days than than uh, black locust.
2: Yeah, you got uh from what I've heard, right, it's a Chinese market competing with the uh barrel market. Yep. American whiskey barrel market. And it just it's really driving it down. I mean driving the, it up.
3: Driving it up and, and you know the
2: driving the supply down. There's
3: there's not a it's kind of was over harvested for a while and, and you know, the regeneration of it takes time to regenerate. So
2: Well I mean forestry wise We're not managing for white oak. Right. It's a disturbance-dependent species, not like maple, which doesn't care if humans burn ever. White oak does. So if you don't burn, white oak's going away. Yeah. If you don't burn and cut a lot, yeah, Long Island, Albany Pine Barren area, uh, Shangham Ridge, Rondout Valley, the places where humans have been a lot, you'll find white oak.
3: Yeah. And there's a a lot of white oak. Southern U.S. where they have
2: a culture of burning for thousands of years. Yeah, you know? In
3: whiskey barrel country. That's where yeah, people
2: burn down there yeah. traditionally. But yeah, we're gonna have person on the radio show talk about that from the Forest Service. But yeah, yeah, white oak's a more complicated character than other species.
4: Hmm.
3: Yeah, and uh, well, it's uh, and that's why the price is up. And you know, because you know, I charge uh, six fifty a board foot for green black locust, and you know. When I used to get white oak, I would charge three twenty-five a board for white oak. I can't even get it now. I can't even, uh, and I don't saw. Huh. I used to saw a lot more and get a lot of low grade in, and you know, low grade white oak would come in. I, I would just put them pile aside and save them for spring when people come in looking for raised beds
2: the problem with know, is a lot of these you know we tonight we're talking about raised bed lumber with gary mead uh, we talk to gary every third wednesday problem with a lot of these species that are um, rot resistant is that they all kind of share one thing in common they did need light you know there's not very many maybe there might be one here at shade tolerant hemlock probably the only one Mm-hmm. but eastern red cedar or juniper same thing that is a pioneer species that comes in after a farm is abandoned is abandoned locust same thing yeah there are so many dead locust stands dead pole stands under an overstory of maple and oak especially in dutchess county down by the hudson valley yeah they're very dangerous places to cut by the way because you snap out a top of a locust and uh locust is dense too <laughs> it yeah. comes down yeah. in a hurry
3: yeah
2: um yeah, it's very so, heavy and dense. So they need
1: a lot of light, is what you say.
2: They need a lot of light. They look like bean poles dying in many of our forests wow. today. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some places, you're lucky and they're growing like crazy, and and uh, but they're not big yet, right? They yeah, be... you
3: can see them along the road a lot. Yeah, uh, you know we're you know are possibly a, a poplar would grow or something, and yeah, you now poplars not good for raised beds. Uh,
2: what about larch you know so a lot of people use those
3: larch yes
2: definitely then there's a but, shade tolerant kind of one yeah
3: they they'll a little more shade tolerant actually uh I mean, they need some light they would probably last like a or red cedars as long and they're very mm-hmm. uh they're it's makes beautiful lumber that they might they be the most practical area? one to
2: get in the catskills yeah. because uh if you we, can find
3: it it is it is in places you know
2: where it's been planted
3: yeah and yeah but you know you got to cut it down mill it and yeah you know i've i've only got through hit and miss you know larch and there are you know some you know you could run around try to find some and have the logs brought but it's not again it's not a commercially harvested it's not a a, you know a, a You just can't go to, you know, a Home Depot or Waddler's and and buy larch. It's just not available. It doesn't, it's not in that that community of of lumber.
2: How is that for drying and stuff, kiln drying
3: larch? Larch is (laughs) tricky. And, uh, but as far as raised beds, it's not tricky. I mean, I had, uh, years ago, I had this. This guy come to me and he wanted to build a from Hubble Hill. He, he wanted to build a larch post and beam construction house. So I investigated the heck out of larch because I never do anything with any tree species until I know, you know, I become one with it. And uh, I investigated. And if you cut it in the summer, you have to let it sit a year before you saw it. If you cut it in the winter, you can get away with six months. Mm-hmm. Because... It's a tension. When you cut a larch, it's very unhappy, and it, it gets full of tension. And you know, we did a, a floor for the Catskill Forest Association. That uh, yeah, I am, you know. And Jake Rosa cut the logs, brought them to me, and this was, you know, a small order. I didn't investigate. Now I threw it in the kiln. Geez, that stuff come out like pretzels. And so I brought it over to Calicoon to the, uh, Matt Hofer because I bought a lot of stuff from him, and I was having a bunch of other stuff machined and I stood there and I helped run this st- stuff through and I mean these things were so twisted and 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 a, I, I, and, and Matt looked at him he said, oh, you know that molder because it 's a soft wood, he said that molder will flatten that out well, when it went through the machine." Totally flattened it out so the cuts were perfect, but it come out the other end <laughs> twisted and curved and all you know whatever. They, they didn't curve much; they just twisted because I had tension. And then you know they installed the floor and and it come out beautiful because the it was a it's a you know like a, a white oak or a hickory or, or you couldn't unbend that there ain't no way unless you cut it in short pieces but uh peckerel uh yeah, neil. neil peckerel put that floor in i went over and i seen it and i couldn't believe you know how beautiful it come out with <laughs> so this so but you know then when i investigated this house well this guy insisted that i and this was like a 40 oh, jesus 30 years ago probably forty-five, fifty thousand dollar job and i turned it down because i said no I'm not doing it because you're not letting me do it the way it needs to be done. So, and I went and I found the logs and he wanted these gigantic beams and, and uh, you know, I was excited to do it for him, but, you know, he wanted it like right away. And I said, uh, not here. And I said, you know, maybe somebody else would do it for you. But I went, I had to go, it took me a good two, two and a half months to find trees big enough. And it was through the DEP that they've, They found them for me, and uh, we found the trees, and they were big enough to make these, you know, like uh, some of these beams were were, uh, uh, 12, 14 inches by 18 inches, you know, uh, for the post and beam, the ridge beams and stuff, and I think the rafters were about like 6 by 12s or something, but... Anyway, it turned out that, you know, he wouldn't agree to my terms, and so I kicked it to the curb. And for a good thing, because a year later, I would have been sued. And maybe I, probably that one job would have put me out of business. But when you put larch in the ground, you know, if you saw it down and and you're using it for raised beds, you can saw it right away. And... You know, pin it and put it back close to the earth, and and I think it would be okay for you. I really do, because it that it would it would still be kind of connected yeah. to the earth, and and not get so so much tension. And that's another thing I learned too. You don't draw. You know, when you're taking the tension out six months or a year, uh, you don't put them right down the ground. You put two logs going across like your firewood. And stack them up so they have air going all the way around them for, <clears throat> for whatever length of time. But I was blessed. Uh, Frankie Flax in Arkville, he got a. Uh, he put an addition on his shop, and he he popped in one day. He goes oh, "I got these larches up there." He said, "I just cut them down a bunch of them and." He said, you know, I was wondering if you might want them. And I said, oh, yeah, I definitely do. So I went up after work that night. I limbed them all. He said, oh, I'll cut them up. I said, no, Frankie, I mean, what do you want for them? He said, I'll just bring them down or get them out of my way. And I said, well, what I'll do is I'll go up, I'll limb them, I'll cut the log lengths, and you don't have to do any of that. Just he had a little excavator there. He loaded them on his truck and brought them down. And. I let them sit for a year and then I saw them and they're going in my house uh, up in New Kingston. Uh, you know, I have about a thousand, twelve hundred board feet of it, but it looks like cherry. It's red and it's got the sapwood is white and it's so beautiful. And you know, it's uh, you know, it's got knots because you know they have a lot of limbs on them. Not and it's uh, but you know, the knots. Nice are, to look at. Yeah, the hardest part of the of, of the wood. Uh. Probably the hardest knot I ever tried to saw was a pine knot, and, you know, it was probably about six-inch limb on this tree, and, you know, I'm sawing along at the mill, and, you know, I hit that thing, and it stopped my mill. And I said, are you kidding me? 35-horse motor. And so, you know, the rest of the log, I you just got to slow down and cut it a little slower. But. Yeah. You know because when you're sawing pine it's like it's you pine. turn it right up on high and you go with white, white pine. pine yeah <laughs> but this yeah. big old red knot oh my god that thing you know the hardwood knots aren't as hard well eh, then again you know the the, the the wood and the knot are differential and and hardness yeah. are
2: uh, i don't have the experience you do with a sawmill obviously but uh I chainsaws i do and yeah you go through branches of trees man it's
3: yeah it's no joke yeah it, and it's
2: just different wood
3: it it is and it's on end grain you're cutting an end grain now and not yeah with the grain right you're cutting it's just against hard the grain. even so you
2: know it's it's yeah. like it how about burls to cut same thing i mean it's all discombobulated yeah, it's all different the grain
3: directions. burls oh, uh, boy, burl? yeah. yeah burls are well I, I i had a white oak burl it was the length of the of the log which is about 12 feet and Jeez. I never seen a burl like that, and that was the only one I ever had and and you know i I didn't save the slab from that. I wished I would have. I saved the first cut because uh I said, "Holy smoke, this whole log is burl. Well, I saw that one five quarter board off it, and turn it around, I cut the next slab, and you know you square it off and go in, and that was it. That's all there was. And you know, back in production days, it was like you know, you just didn't slow down. And think you just I put that one board aside. I actually, when it come into the mill when it was dried, <coughs> and I pulled it off off because <coughs> I said that's too special though. And it's down in the gallery now. I only have one board, and so you know, you have to use it for you know, feet on furniture or door or knobs and stuff like that. You can't. Yeah. And so it's not going to make a table time. Are you
2: getting a lot of people, like, you know, we're talking about raised beds tonight, lumber, and what lumber to use in them. But um, are you getting a lot of people asking you or something about raised beds? What
3: made yeah. You think of this? This time of the year, I always, uh, or actually later in the spring, but, you know, if you're going to order raised bed material, don't wait a week before you want to start your garden because it's too late and it annoys me when people come in go, oh you know because i'm i'm not stocking none of that. this i'm not stocking it's like you know don't make gary we, cranky uh, it's uh, it's a no you won't make, moves. you will make me cranky i'll I'll just send you back and, but anyway gary
2: is like Beechwood in the kiln that you know that's run Old wrongly
3: large. you know beach is a bear beach actually <laughs> Beach, red beach, the heartwood of beach will last forty to fifty years outdoors. Is in that the, right? In the ground, yeah. Yeah, but uh, beach
2: it, will for as a planner, we didn't even talk
3: about beach, wood. we didn't. So well, I, just, that's
2: not you just That's not me. on the list here, Gary.
3: No, but you just well, reminded the hell? me. What I mean, yeah. why isn't beach on the list? I don't know, but it's or large. Question. We we had you know our whole uh, ninety acre woodlot on the farm was probably you know really beach
2: f- is rot resistant
3: oh yeah it's very rot resistant it's amazing no yeah huh? that's surprising we used me, them cool. for fence posts and uh along with you know the, the the out in the uh woods we had the beach and along the stone walls we always had these cherries that grew and yeah you know we cut them with you know six about every three or four years we cut them and they'd be six seven inches and you know we split them down use them for fence posts yeah. and uh you know, the beech and the cherry because we couldn't afford to buy black locust posts
2: but you know what the biggest loss is and i keep coming back to it is this tree species biggest loss in the forest ever it's
3: chestnut i know god chestnut
2: almighty. is rot resistant i know great for fence posts good for planting uh, you know for your uh, raised bed
3: lumber it's good so for it's, wildlife it's the most it's, good. it's just stable. good for everything it's the most stable lumber really Little loss. It is the most stable wood, yeah. and bar is it cranky? none, hands down. It doesn't, not cranky not at not all. Cr- <laughs> uh, you, it, you know, I've researched it, and when we did chestnut, I mean, it dries easily, and you know, actually, when it got the worms, uh, the the disease that killed it, uh, they harvested all those trees and they sawed them, and uh, you know, you a lot of that. 20s and 30s and 40s furniture, because <clears throat> that was about the end of the line for it. it. Was in the, you know, I think it was pretty much destroyed by the 1920s, and, you know. Uh, and, but they, you know, it was like the ashes, They're, they held on. Some of them stood with the disease, and they didn't rot. So they cut them down, and yeah. and they veneered over it. And even with all the wormholes in it, because when I did refinishing, I did you know, refinishing uh, furniture and, and reconstructing, you know, old stuff that was abused or come apart, whatever. And and uh, if the veneer, if it's stored in the basement, and the veneer, because they use hide glue back then, moisture uh, with hide glue doesn't, you know, it, it just separates. Yeah, it's removable and everything. And like so, you know, then the veneer would chip and I'd have to re-veneer stuff. So if I, you know, sweat it off a of the veneer and it was gonna re veneer and there was chestnut underneath it. I replaced it with plywood. And I saved the chestnut. I have about yeah. twelve hundred board foot of chestnut in my possession. I've saved through the years. I'm putting it in my house. It's all wormy. There isn't any of it that's clear. But chestnut,
2: just like the other ones, is a disturbance dependent tree species. So even if that disease went away in my opinion it would have a tough time growing in our forest today
3: despite the there disease were, there were mountain ranges of it though it wouldn't,
2: yeah but they'd be shaded out by now man you're not cutting enough not burning enough not messing things up enough i mean listen red oak usurped the space of chestnut where that where where red oak is today right it used, is to, be used to be probably chestnut yeah and so red it's all oak gone, is, the chestnut? is what's that it's
1: all gone yeah, yeah
2: well, there's mostly a- there's there's acres of it growing from the old uh, stump you know, root sprouts or stumps and stuff, um, and then they die back. Like uh, the biggest one that I know of is Shokin High Point. There's there's a lot of chestnut up there. I got to pick American chestnuts once, because mm-hmm. after a forest fire went through, they all uh, sprouted up, and then they lasted for a few years and miraculously went to went to fruit. They produced nuts, hmm. and they taste damn good. Yeah, I mean, And you don't have to like know the combination, man. They just open. Okay. when they're ready, you know it's not like you gotta ask a squirrel or something, you know, like black walnut is a pain, oh, my it's like you gotta God. run it over, your hands are filthy, feel like a dirt bag. American chestnut doesn't do that, yeah you know, well, and then like walnut, the... you know a lot of people are allergic to walnut, if, even me, I'm not allergic to nuts, but if I eat like ten of them, I feel like a little queasy, just a yeah. little bit. There's something about maybe it's that jug loan or something There's like something about either. black walnut though, if you have too many for a lot of people, it catches up to you. Not chestnut. I love them. They're great. Great. Yep. Big loss.
3: Yeah, it is. The be- the beach, the beech yeah. nuts open, too. They're like a miniature chestnut, basically. Yeah, they, they are. And they, they used open to have up.
1: have a lot of those at the supermarket chestnuts. I, mean, yeah. I see That's Chinese
2: China. chestnut, which is, you know, they're good, too. But, you know, unlike the American, Chinese is more of an orchard kind of tree. It doesn't Ooh. get a central leader like a timber tree like American does. Mm-hmm. It's more, you know, more like a red oak. So, if you're just tuning in and listening to From the Forest, and uh, tonight's topic is raised bed lumber with Gary Mead.
4: Well, we know.
2: somewhere. This is the Talking Heads. Well, that's the Talking Heads. This is the From the Forest, every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. talk about a different forest related topic. And tonight's topic is with Gary Mead. Third Wednesday that means. Yep. And it's Raised Bed Lumber with Gary. Very specific topic tonight. It is. And yeah. You know, we're, Gary assured me that we can
3: fill a radio show. I think we will. <laughs> we're hot and heavy on this baby. <laughs> Close or
2: hot right, and heavy on Raised Bed Lumber here.
3: Well, you know, if you're going to if you're going to do red cedar, the red cedar is, uh, I mean, you could cut poles and, you know, just nail them together or screw them together and make yourself a raised bed. Leave, you know, so what? Leave sapwood on it and, you know, over four or five years it'll rot away and you'll have the, I mean, the red won't rot, so it'll just turn into compost, you know, you scrape it you know it falls off and then your garden and you know, enhances your soil it's gonna bother it at all yeah and same with uh, you know if you use hemlock you know 10 12 years later you're you know using it for mulch right making a new and, one <laughs> and and uh, because you know uh, nothing's nothing should be thrown away and 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 you know if you one thing comes to another. you know the bottom part rots away, and the top is still uh, usable for something. you know Reuse it and maybe use it for your next bottom board or something. but you can coat it with uh, with plastic whoa, but then you 're
1: plastic yeah but, some people are like oh here he goes plastic but,
3: but then you're you're putting petroleum in your soil so you
1: could just keep adding to the top of it as it rots from the bottom can't you just coat it with arsenic yeah. i mean they won't rot then
3: yeah well you see, see a, a lot of these uh you know you know bob made a comment before the show you know just line it with plastic See, plastic isn't... Uh... You made a
2: few comments <laughs> before the show. Just saying, so you know, uh, I'm in so, trouble now. <laughs> <laughs> we can go over later if you want. No,
3: Anyway, but, you know, this is why we we have this show. is We're, we're trying to, do you know, if you want to do a natural garden, plastic isn't natural. So, anyway, yeah. it's a petroleum-based product, and, you know, I, I wouldn't put plastic in you know on my garden or in my garden because it's a petroleum-based product so anyway uh, raised beds are natural you know there's ones that last longer and ones that but like with anything even a you know a small white oaks or especially you know these forests that are you know ryan was talking about that the the black locust i mean they they're shade intolerant, and they grow up and you know they're four or five inches three to five six inches in diameter and they die cut them babies down and use them for raised beds they're they're good for a hundred years yeah so uh you know you know if we start looking at our forests in that respect then we uh, you know it might it might do better to cut them out and you know give the other ones that are still alive more light
2: there's a ton of black locusts that i've cut down uh by the esopus behind um right right in boysville behind the grocery store actually they're tall tall bean poles with little little uh q-tip crowns because they're getting shaded out yep but they're like 60 70 feet tall or more it's
3: amazing and they're
2: like less than 10 inches in diameter. And that kind of tree is actually the hardest tree to fell because there's no wiggle room for error on your hinge yep. because it's so small and has so much leverage. If you screw it up, it's coming down on something you don't want. Yep. And locust, it just grabs everything too. and It'll get hung up in another tree because of the way the branches are. They're like, you know what I mean? They, they come out and they're just so strong little stubby things. But anyway, I'm just going to go to the dark side here for a second here, Gary. Go ahead. All right, I'm going to mention something. Just don't get angry. Or
3: cranky yeah. oh. pressure-treated <laughs> wood. Well, yeah, use whatever you want. Throw so pl- plastic and pressure-treated. I just did a little.
2: <laughs> I just did a little research. You can use pressure-treated wood if, if, plastic if, art. if, if you want to poison your vegetables and don't care, and you don't know what it is. Or two, um, if you don't care about being organic, you can use pressure-treated. And here's the thing: if it's pre two thousand four. The EPA, there's a thing going on there with chromated copper arsenate. So before 2004, a lot of pressure treated was was chromated copper arsenate, that is not good for your vegetables, right? Probably. Um, after that, it's now only alkaline copper quat, ACQ, not CCA, and copper azole or CAB. Um, it should have a label on it if you're if you're really concerned, and it, it should say what's what the hell is in it. Yeah, and whether it's good or bad for whatever you're going to use it for. Well, but so you can use it for that. Well, the new, um,
3: new pressure treated doesn't yeah. last as long as the old pressure because treated because it doesn't have arsenic. In yeah. it. it. right. Doesn't have the good yeah. stuff in that's it. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. you know, uh, you know, most people come to me because they didn't want to use pressure treated. Right. And you know, but that's up to to you. And I guess yeah. you could probably maybe paint the inside and, you know, keep that kind of away from your dirt with a good oil-based paint, and then you're, you know, you're into the oil, so who knows? Yeah. I mean, just, you know, go down by that store and grab some black locusts. <laughs> nail them, you know. You can't nail them
2: when they're dry. A lot of people use railroad ties. that has creosote on it, which has... uh According to my paper here, uh, 200 to 400 chemical compounds. Um, I'm not a chemist, so don't ask me to right. tell you what's well, toxic or not.
3: Old motor oil and all that kind of stuff in that. So, yeah, yeah, I have no idea. You know that dip tank that Dick Fairburn had. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dick Fairburn made yeah. um, railroad ties, and he had a dip tank, and you know he got all the old uh, motor oil from all the garages back then. He threw that in there with some other. Chemicals, and he just every night he put a you know I think the thing was like forty fifty feet long, and he'd drop all these bundles in, pull them out in the morning, and just let them hang there all day and drip. And but he sold a lot of those. God bless him. Yeah, God yeah. Him, bless him. And I don't know where they went. I think they went to the probably to the railroad. Actually, mostly, right? a lot of it went to the tunneling in New York. Oh really? Yeah, they used for cribbing and stuff. That in the tunnel. Yeah, mm-hmm. cribbing and and you know holding things up while they were you know working in the tunnel putting the pipes and stuff yeah so pretty cool but now they mostly use hemlock and for all that crib and hofer that's about all he cuts over there for the bridging and the tunneling into new york a lot of hemlock and it's all beams and yeah and uh you know they just use it structurally and you know they want it to you know kind of break down after 10 years and 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 you know uh, so basically it's a it's, it's a perfect wood for that
2: gary maybe you know the answer to this since you're a huge vegetable gardener um and a wood guy so what about black walnut now black walnut has a chemical compound called juglone is it in the wood Yeah i don't really know that
3: see i think it's it only
2: i and this this is like a natural herbicide, just so people know, juglone right. well, jug is. I
3: think it's only present in the tree when it's growing, okay. Because you know when it's uh, when it's killed, dried. I, I think all that. I, I think it that it has be in the roots. To, it has to be. Yeah, you know, it has to be produced in the roots. But I don't know if it's in the wood. Yeah. Well, I'm. Something a, to find that's, out. That's a good question, but. You know, black walnut will last a long time outdoors, but, you know, you want to spend, you know... <laughs> it's wild, a black walnut. <laughs> black walnut's a, it's, it's it doesn't rot for a long time in the ground. No, it, but
2: using, like, a black walnut board for a planters...
3: Well, you know, it's about the same price now as white oak, so if you, it, you want to use black walnut or white oak... It's probably yeah.
1: illegal somewhere, right? What? Using <laughs> black... Like that would make, for, you, cranky. Well, that you,
3: would make that you that would cranky. make me cranky in, in in too. <laughs> right? gary's world it's kind of illegal but you know uh, well, that's the world we're talking
0: about yeah. quite honestly that's where gary
1: might say
2: you might have to leave my premises <laughs> <laughs> never come back baby yeah and what is your name <laughs> so i can remember been it thrown out, out for it last <laughs>
4: so but yeah okay
3: they, you know it does have uh a, a, a bit of uh, but when it's dry I wouldn't think you know, the, you know when I'm running well, any the only green lumber that that uh you know I sh- I wear a mask when I saw is black locust. Uh, is, it makes me choke. It may, it gives me a, a and, and you know, the only only other wood that did that to me in my career was um uh, mahogany yeah and i don't i don't use mahogany anymore for anything uh i'm strictly local and you don't know, come to me and want coca bola and mocha um, and all that other stuff from the rainforest because i don't know what you're talking about right not <laughs> well there are different woods from the rainforest yeah no i know <laughs> what anyway. about i got
2: on my list here catalpa and what about spruce? What about those two species?
3: Spruce is uh, probably be about this, well, now you got two which different spruce. Spruce you got uh, you know uh, you know the virgin spruce which is that'll last 30 years out Red spruce. And but you know you get the the uh the other spruce, Norway, uh, Norway spruce that's you know like the hemlock 10 to 12 years ago okay Out of that. so similar so to hemlock huh? similar to that catalpa
2: that's the tannins probably right that you know yeah i would imagine the tannin content because the problem with hemlock the tannins not really in the wood it's in the bark
3: right yeah
2: whereas red cedar from what i read the tannin is actually in the heartwood in the heartwood yeah that's what preserves
1: the wood but
3: catalpa yeah Catalpa's a uh you know i haven't done a lot with catalpa but when we researched it and we did the show on it it is rot resistant and it is used outdoors but you know where are you gonna get that um, you can
2: down by me some big catalpas man Why yeah will tell like you what bring
3: them to the mill and i'll saw them i'd love to have a couple i've, I've been trying for years to get somebody to bring me some catalpa logs and i
2: really? you know,
3: i have a sawmill. i can't even get them
2: there was one ram on my road taken down it's huge Huge catalpa.
3: Well, you're killing me, Ryan. Hmm. Yeah, was a big one. <laughs> what does that wood look? Like? What
1: does that wood look like? Similar. To it's
3: there. it's like a butternut. Oh yeah. Yeah, huh. it's got the same texture, almost the same color. It might be just a little lighter. It
2: smells weird, man. It smells like tobacco. The wood almost.
3: It's very strange. Um, when it's green, I think. But I've only, uh, I I dried some for a guy in Long Island. That sent some up, and I I bought a couple slabs from him, and I never did make anything out of it yet, but I'm saving it for, like, counters or something for my house, but you know, I I got some you know, smaller pieces and when I put them to the planer, they don't, you know, a lot of woods change uh, their, their, their the, the fragrance that they have when they're, when they're dried. I mean, a lot of that stuff, uh, you know, kind of goes away. It's not as strong. It's, it's a lot less you know, uh, the, the strength of the smell is uh, just not as uh, prom, uh, prevalent, but you know, I love, uh, <clears throat> every wood has its own distinctive smell, Yeah, and you know cherry is one of the, and, and hard maple are probably two of my favorites it's to saw, because they it? just I mean, it just makes you hungry to smell it, <laughs> and, you know, you just want to go you know, like uh you know, you get lunch a half hour early when you're sawing them. You know,
2: what I love I because uh, I do that tanning. Um, is is the smell of uh, chipped hemlock bark? Yeah, I love it. I know you don't like the wood, but the the uh, the bark's sweet, somewhat sweet flavor like smelling. Hmm. It's great. Yeah, it's a good one. Some people don't like oak. Sometimes it smells like piss. Yeah, I don't
1: think it does, but.
3: Once in a while, you, you <laughs> get. It smells
1: like Jack Daniels to me. Jack know. Daniels, yeah. so they make the barrels out of.
3: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, it's, you know, I've sawed into some hemlock that are just very, very, very strong in a scent. But you know, most of that's really not bad at all when you're sawing. It's, it's, it's sweet. You know yeah, what the worst part is? The wood part, yeah. When you're debarking, you get the same smell. It's, it does have its own distinctive smell. It's stronger when you're debarking them yeah. than when you're sawing them. But when you're sawing them, it's, it's it's sweet. But, you know, it probably, you know, I don't know, once in a while I'll saw into, you know, a hemlock, and it just stinks. And yeah. The worst smell I ever had in a, in a tree was a black locust. And, you know, I had a load delivered, and it sat there for a year. And they were by the gallery, and I walked in the gallery when in the spring, and it smelled like a dead animal. So I, I walked over by, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I, like, went to pull a piece of bark off, and it got on my hands. Yeah. And it's... It was like it was like a dead animal. It was it just completely uh it stunk off. that, I never that just... oak
1: you had, uh smelled pretty poopy. <laughs> Remember that oak we were cut you were cutting and we used it for that guy's house? It smelled uh, pretty rotten. Uh
2: you know what the worst one is though, is flowering dogwood. You don't get it up here, but uh they get a disease or something and I don't know what it is, but it smells
1: terrible. Really? man, is yeah. that a bad one? This guy gave me a piece of or staghorn tree. sumac. Oh yeah? You want to talk about smell? I don't know. I can't remember the smell. It was just horrible. It was like green. And... I've never yeah. seen anything like it.
2: Yeah. Black birch, man. Birch is great. Yeah. Especially birch. like April when they're running. Yeah. They uh, run in sap. They smell good.
3: Yeah. When I did a lot of sawing for low grade, i get a lot of birch and, and uh, like that. And it was, you know, I saved them. It's such a beautiful lumber, too. Yeah. And I don't think it would last very good in the ground, though.
2: Probably like sugar maple wouldn't yeah. last, right? Maple doesn't. No,
3: hard maple won't last. No way. Actually, soft maple will last longer in the ground than hard. Yeah, okay. And red, you know, the red maple. That'd be equivalent to, you know, 10, 15 year run like hemlock. Yeah, huh. Um, Surprising. But poplar. Those trees
1: the black li- black uh, maple leaves. Those trees with the maples with the black leaves. Maple. With oh, like red leaves. maple. Oh, is that a red maple? Yeah, that's a... But the leaves are almost black, right?
2: You're talking about the one that actually has a red maple leaf. Yes. That would be a Norway maple, hmm. King Crimson. Wow, you know, they're, they're
3: beautiful. There's not enough of them to... i never seen... There's one right outside their window here. Yeah, but... You know. Well, they'll be gone tomorrow. I'll take it to the mill and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be Gone tomorrow. <laughs> no. Load up the truck. Yeah, I no, I've that. never seen an, a lot of them. Where I mean, they're ornamental trees. People yeah. have them on their property. They might put some along a driveway. Shade tree. And uh, but you know, uh, actually, a uh, uh, blue spruce wouldn't wouldn't be very good for that either. But you know, the main things if you want to go for longevity, go a black locust and White oak, if, you know, you're just in it for, you know, uh, you don't care about replacing it every 10 to 15 years. Yeah. Hemlock is probably the, the best way to go. Pretty
2: abundant and it's commercially available. But that's all the time we have on this uh, on tonight's show. We did manage to fill a radio show about raised bed lumber, Gary. yeah. yeah. Nice, nice job. Sur-
3: surprised Ryan. I Very called, nice. I called it and he said, ah, oh, we better <laughs> <laughs> Better not. Mm. All right. I talked him into it. Peace, everybody. All right. Have a good night. his
5: shoes and the drizzle turned to snow. His eyes were red, his hopes were dead, and the wine was running low. And the old man came home from the forest. His tears fell on the sidewalk as he stumbled in the street. A dozen faces stopped to stare But no one stopped to speak For his castle was a hallway And the bottle was his friend And the old man stumbled in From the forest Up a dark and dingy staircase The old man made his way His ragged coat around him as a pawn Caught he lay And he wondered how it happened that he'd ended up this way, getting lost like a fool In the forest. And as he lay there sleeping, a the vision did appear upon his mantle shining the face of one so dear. Forgotten year When the wildflowers did bloom In the forest She touched his grizzled fingers And she called him by his name And then he heard the joyful sound Of children at their games In an old house on a hillside In some forgotten town Where the river runs down from the forest With a mighty roar the big jet soars above the canyon streets And the con man con but life goes on for the city never sleeps